The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Welcome to the award-winning Saints Happy Hour podcast. Seriously, this podcast has won awards. American standards are dropping every day. The show features Ralph, the best host in the world, who can barely pronounce his own name, much less anyone else's. Marcus Colson, Colston. I mean, uh, Marcus Calloway. Dave is that dude who loves taking bathroom breaks. He's mad about almost anything, so make sure to lower your volume when he speaks. Put that freaking clown meme back up that I made. Jesus Christ. Andrew has sources, watches tapes, and knows football. He rarely shows up on time and wants to commit crimes to help the Saints win. Sean Payton would have done illegal things. Don't tell me I'm wrong, because you know it's true. Oh, and there's also Kevin, who is great at doing mock drafts, but struggles to actually watch Saints games or have a functioning relationship. Budrich wants to know how uh, the doctor's doing. That that ended. Anyway, grab a drink, sit back, and enjoy the insanity. (laughs) All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. We're giving you instant reaction. The Saints just beat the Kansas City Chiefs 26-24 to in a preseason game where the last six minutes of it were completely drunk. I got Andrew with me. Andrew, before we start, I want to thank all the people. We had Joe, Andrew, Jason, Carlos, and Jonathan all signed up this week to become patrons on the Saints Happy Hour podcast. If you're listening to this version for free and you haven't signed up, Sign up. It's football season. Support the show. We're going to have fun all year long. I promise you it'll be the best money you spend all year to make your Saints season more enjoyable. Andrew, where do you want to start with this game? Uh, we'll get to my my boy, Sultry I'll Jake t- Hayner. I'll, t- I'll tell you I'll tell you where I'm going to start. <laughs> I, I have two thoughts. First of all, when I first started going to Saints games as a kid, I was one of those kids that refused to leave, no matter how bad they were losing or if it was preseason <laughs> and nothing mattered and the game was really boring. I refused to leave until it was over. And if you're if you're one of those kids that were in the dome today and you stayed until the end because you refused to leave, like I, I thought about myself as a kid and like the ultimate reward that you got today was pretty sweet. There- secondly, secondly, Ralph, I cannot believe that this game, <laughs> the way it unfolded, was not a Saints playoff game. And if it had played out exactly the way it did, except for one small change, which is the kicker missing the kick at the end, (laughs) that would have been the ultimate Saints playoff game. I can't believe this wasn't a Saints playoff game. This this game was drunk. Uh, It was, I mean, why, why would you call timeouts if you're Dennis Allen? Why would you throw if you're Andy Reid? What are you doing? What, 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 are, what are you, you doing? doing? I mean, just what what is going on? Why wouldn't you kick an onside kick if you're trying to come back? Like I, 
I just don't understand any of it. And that's right. Uh, it, it, it was very <laughs> weird, but but I'll tell you this, Ralph. It wouldn't be uh, a maddening Saints experience without them con- being up three scores, looking amazing, uh, consistently winning on first and second down, and then just giving up third and 17 at will. You know, just like <laughs> at third and any distance was automatic in the second half for the Chiefs. That was this. I mean, that was the saintiest preseason game, I mean, maybe of all time. So it, it's up there. I feel like Andy Reid got mad at Dennis Allen for calling time. He's like, "Oh, you're gonna call timeout? All right, I'm gonna call a pass, and we're gonna house you, and we're gonna win by more." I'm gonna throw a pick. I'm gonna, yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna stretch this game out even further. But let's start. Let's start with the. Let's start with the good. Derek Carr, six of eight. The two-point play by the Saints, my God. Was I mean, it, what was, I, what was I that? Even, my I didn't God. even know what it was. I don't like I didn't even know what I was looking at. Um yeah. Derek Carr, fantastic. Six of eight, 70 yards, a touchdown, Saints first drive. By the way, Alvin Kamara, he caught more passes today than he has the previous two years combined. So that was nice. Um <laughs> Michael Thomas caught a pass, looked great. Uh, the D, the D, the D line looked amazing uh, in the first half. You know yeah. uh, when they had the starters yeah. in. Um, you know, and Smoke Monday, you texted me. I think he murdered somebody, so that was fun. Um, overall, like I don't think you could ask for anything more from the Saint as far as like the things we care about in preseason. Right. It, you got everything. You got Juwan Johnson catching passes. I mean, it was it was tremendous. Um, what was your, what's your main takeaway from what you saw of the first team often? Well, you know, obviously, I mean, the first thing in preseason is, um, you want to get out, get out of it on scale, no injuries. So, you know, Kendra Miller left, uh, he walked under his own power. So I don't think it's anything major, but you know, the saints are so thin at running back with the suspension coming up with Camara. You hate to see that. So, you know, of any uh, injury wise, I would say the saints got out of this one pretty clean. Uh, maybe, you know, the Miller injury, hopefully he's okay. But otherwise, uh, that was pretty clean. So you're happy about that. But yeah, no, I, the big takeaway is, look, the first three possessions on both sides, it was 17 nothing Saints. And, you know, obviously at that point, everyone that mattered got pulled. Um, really, I, I think the big takeaway is the Saints starting offense goes down and gets seven. And, and then, right. you know, the defense, the defense obviously responds with the fourth down stop. You know, we talked about the run defense getting better, and they 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 get a stuff up up the middle on fourth and inches against Mahomes. So you know that's a big deal. So look, the Chiefs are the defending champs. Yep. You know they're you know and they're they're the best team in the league. So you know I, I think to look good out of the gate, starters against starters, it is important. But I would say more so on the offensive side of the ball because that's where the Saints have struggled. That's where we know. You know, it's kind of like, okay, this is a new quarterback now. He's got some weapons around him. What what can they do with these changes? And look, it's 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 a dress rehearsal. It's just the first preseason game. It doesn't mean much, but I mean, you, I can't help but be excited when I see the com- the man, the command that Derek Carr has in the offense. And, you know, I will say this with Carr. This is the last thing I'll say, Ralph, before I let you speak. Is I, I just think Carr. Not only does he have a strong arm and great command of the offense, but he has a great he does a great job just kind of flicking his wrist. You saw it on a yes. on a dump off to Camara, and then you saw it again on the 
the Kirkwood touchdown pass where he kind of flicks it with his wrist and he, the ball gets out of his hand very quickly. His release is much yeah. faster than like a Jameis Winston, for example, but he, he just flicks it out of there. It's accurate. And he's not afraid to kind of dump it off and let the, the guy get yards after the catch. So I don't know. I just, just seeing that I was like, I can see this offense being pretty good. Kamara, look, I mean, Kamara, the last couple of years, and look, he's been banged up a little bit. And and Nick Underhill had wrote a great article about how, he, you know, his, his legs weren't the same and like he had to get it. He had to get his body in alignment and all that. And I think that's part of it. But whatever the reason is, he looked like he had the old Kamara burst shiftiness back. Um, I've seen enough in the preseason. I don't need I don't need Kamara shouldn't have another touch the entire preseason. Like just we've seen enough of it. Um, yeah. Did you notice that Taysom Hill was playing in the third quarter at tight end at one point? I did I, that, notice that. That. Was the, that was the only thing where I was like, what is he doing on the field? Why is he playing? But Yeah, and, and he got blown up. Jameis, yeah. I think Jameis has sort of Jameis got him almost killed two years ago against the Redskins. He threw threw a pass, led him too much. I thought that the the Chiefs guy was going to obliterate him. He didn't really. Um, that was that was that was odd. I mean, the the overall thing I was going to say is to me the intensity for the Saints in this game it felt much higher than at any point in the preseason last year. I feel like Dennis Allen last year, and look, we, we say it's wrong because the Saints go 7-10, and 10, but a lot of teams do it differently. Some, sometimes they're like, we're not playing anybody, we're just going to get healthy, and we're not showing teams anything, and we're just going to get to the first week, healthy as can be, everything under wraps, low intensity. And then other times you see teams like, maybe the Saints, they did it today. It's like, nope, high intensity, we're going to play the starters a little bit, and we're going to build some confidence. And which it only the only right answer is if they do well in the year. But I definitely I felt a difference today. I I felt like they had a much higher intensity level for this preseason game than at any point in August last year. Yeah, uh, look, I I think we could spend a lot of time talking about backups and you know how they did. As I get older and as more I cover the Saints, I become less interested in. You know, who's making plays in the fourth quarter? Who Who's going to make the last roster spot on this team? Because they're probably not going to play all season, even if they do make the team. You know what I mean? So it's like that That stuff matters less. But uh, if there was one other guy that I would point out uh, that, that was interesting for me. And look, I know Kirkwood had the touchdown catch early. Um, and I know Traquan Smith is out and Rashid Shahid is out. So you know, they kind the Saints kind of got up on their depth chart pretty quickly. Uh, with the receivers and you know some of the guys that are kind of buried further further back got a chance to play early uh but at perry man uh he showed out in this game and so you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be that guy that does the whole adrian errington or nick toon or anime ojo routine well oh he's gonna catch 50 passes this year i mean he's got an uphill battle to make the team, uh, but like, man, what a statement he made out of the gate i don't think he's a rookie for a rookie to play like that you know, I'm hopeful that a 53 man roster spot is as is an opportunity for him. I don't think it's an uphill battle at all. They traded up to get him. They drafted him. He's they're not going to be able to sneak him through waivers. He made the team today. Yeah, like, yeah I, I mean, I, you, you look at the the way he played today, and um, you know, it was clear that there was confidence with Jameis Winston. You know, when Jameis Winston was mm-hmm. going back to pass, he was like, "All right, where's where at? Where's at?" You know, he was looking yeah. for him. So. For him to make that touchdown play, I mean, just a beautiful catch, great adjustment, great job 
stretching out for the end zone. And, uh, you know, six catches, hope, 70 yards, a touchdown. I mean, he had a monster game. I hope, I hope everyone is excited to read a thousand Perry and watch a thousand video reports on him because that's how many you're going to get. You're probably going to have about 10 waiting for you by lunchtime on Monday. And I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consume them all. But Look, he, as an LSU fan, it's nice to see John Trey uh, Kirkland make a few mm-hmm. plays. Um, you know, he, uh, he just joined the team this week. So uh, for him to kind of jump in there on special teams, make a couple plays, I think he had a catch. So that was good to see. And, you know, obviously for, for Jay Kanner to drive the team down, um, the two-point conversion thing was weird. I think that was on the center. But, the Jay Kaner uh, experience was everything I dreamed it would be. Well, I will say with Kaner, he was both – you know, everyone's talked about his accuracy and he's not a big-arm guy and he's more of like a control. I, I would say, if anything, I was less impressed with his accuracy and I was more impressed with his arm strength. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it kind of it kind of flipped for me. Like, he can really sneak and fire it in there, which yeah. kind of surprised me. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think – Look, it, it's what I would expect to see from a rookie. I think early in the game, I would have said, oh, this guy is Garrett Grayson, J.T. O'Sullivan, and Ian Book all wrapped into one. Uh, but <laughs> I think at, at least that two-minute drill at the end, you know, he made some plays that, frankly, I've never really seen ever from those other guys. He made it. He might be the second greatest drafted Saints quarterback of the last Forty years, I would say. Danny, <laughs> I, I would say Danny Orfel's number one because he beat Peyton Manning and he had that three and zero start in ninety eight. Um, right, that's that's the bar. It's not high. Saints Happy Hour needs your support so we can keep giving you the Saints coverage you love. Become a patron to help us keep giving you the best daily Saints podcast on earth. Supporting Saints Happy Hour gives you the best Saints podcast every day without any stupid ads or promos like this one. And patrons also get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7, early access to podcast episodes, our world-famous booze bundle with four amazing swag items. So do it. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. That's SaintsHappyHour.com. Let's get to the bad. Miller hurt. We talked about it. Uh, Alante Taylor played the slot and got roasted a couple of times, just burned to an absolute crisp. Uh... Gillikin had a horrible punt, and I texted you, your boy, Headley, the door might be open for him, but he but Gilligan rebounded and had a couple yeah. of nice punts. Um Headley only, wasn't anything special either. Yeah. No, he was not. And and you know, I saw people saying that Saints offensive backup offensive line is terrible, and that's accurate. But I would just caution you that Bad offensive lines, Andrew, are a league-wide problem. Every team in the league is desperate for not even competence on the on the offensive line. They just want guys that can be backups and not awful. Because if you watch any other preseason games, it's the same thing. I bet you there's probably there's not even five teams in the league that go seven deep on the offensive line that they feel good about. Yeah, if you if you pay attention to what Jeff Schwartz, you know, obviously he played well, what seventeen years in the league or yeah. something. But if you pay attention to Jeff Schwartz, he he basically said, yeah, they they have less than fourteen padded practices per training camp. And he as a former offensive lineman, he was saying, you know, that position more than any other, he's like, without pads, you really can't develop guys. And he's like, well, you you cannot expect. I I, I think. 
I, I would agree with him that offensive line gets hit. I think tackling's another big one. You know, it's really hard. I know these kids have tackled their whole lives, but from a tackling technique, and it's hard to really do that well. And you see a lot of teams, especially early in the season, That's right. struggle with tackling until they get later in the season because it's like if you're just not really padded at practice and you're not really doing it, like you're, you're going to get worse. And so I think offensive line de- development, like you said, it's a league-wide problem. Uh, you have former offensive linemen that are calling that out and saying, like, yeah, the offensive line play sucks, and, and you know, top to bottom in the league. And so uh, – but I thought, you know, again, look, hopefully those guys don't play too much. And so you really want to focus on how it looked. It's Trevor Penning. You know, that, that's the one where I, I'm really looking at him. And uh, I, I thought his play was pretty remarkable in this game. So that was a big step forward. And, yeah, and I just think from from a starter, like the Saints played lights out up front. And when you look at that combination of Saunders and Shepard up front in the middle, that felt really good, at least for a yeah. drive or two. Uh, I thought the coverage was sticky. So, hey, out of the gate, I feel great about how the Saints looked early in this game. And that's what really matters. I think I think you have to feel great. Everything that happened after that, yeah, there was some frustrating stuff. Uh, I, I thought the game was lost at one point. And <laughs> You know, I wasn't getting hot and bothered by it, but I was like, yeah, it's annoying to lose the game. Like, the Saints were up 17 nothing. Our backup should be able to coast and win that. Uh, the plays that they gave up in the second half, um, I think a lot of that's going to get a lot of guys cut. You know, what was going on in the secondary was, was absolutely abysmal. It was abysmal. The, the other thing, Foskey, first NFL game, he was, I would have, ex- I would have hoped he would have done a little bit better in the second half when he was playing, but we'll see the interesting. Yeah. Thing was, you know, I saw a lot of guys jumping on Foskey and look, just remember it, it took I mean, You had a guy in Stinchcomb, you know, who was talking on the broadcast and saying, look, it took me a while. And she, that's right. you learned from your predecessors and, you know, yeah. with Foskey, you know, it's nice when out of the gate, they come, they come out and they play great, but certainly Peyton Turner has taken a while. And uh, Cesar Ruiz wasn't any good until last year. So, you know, I think Foskey's in a good situation where the Saints aren't counting on him. He doesn't have to be amazing out of the gate. There are defensive ends on this team that can hold it down, and hopefully he can develop with time. And I still love the pick because he's got tremendous ability. He, he's got everything yeah. that he needs to be successful, and he just needs to keep developing his game. But uh, I, I would caution those that are kind of out of the gate crushing Foskey. It's, it's, it takes time with some guys. Yeah, and like you said, offensive, defensive line, when you only have 14 padded practices, it takes time, you know, yeah. and and we'll see. The interesting thing before we get out of here this week, I know you're you're on vacation, so you won't be with us on the main show tomorrow, but the interesting thing really that I'm excited about, Andrew, these next two weeks is you get practices with the Chargers, practices with the Texans. So now instead of the Saints practicing any – against each other when we're like oh the defensive line did great today that means the offensive line is not great and, and it's kind of a give and take now when you play another team you really get to see some things that are interesting you know last year the Saints practiced against Green Bay owned their wide receivers in a way that Aaron Rodgers had to call a meeting and yell at them so that was good and we we're like oh maybe the secondary has a chance to be really good so that's going to be an interesting two weeks, these next, not even necessarily the games, but the, 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 the joint practices with the teams. Um, yeah. The next, I mean, the again, I would weeks. caution where they are now or where they are against San Diego or, 
sorry, Chargers, LA, um, where they are against the Chargers, like that to me, that matters less than what they do about it, right? The information that they get and then right. how they improve from there. And so, you know, where the Saints are now is going to be very different for better or worse from where they'll be in two months. And uh, so that stuff evolved. So, you know, I, I think in some ways it's good to learn like, okay, we're weaker at this position and that means we need to go find somebody or that means these guys need to get better in a hurry. But yeah, you'll get, we'll get some information, like you said, that'll be a lot more valuable than, uh, we're not sure if it was really one guy looking great or the other guy not. Yeah, and the final thing is, I think the main thing this week is, uh, let's see what they, you know, uh, Kendra Miller, you don't know about the injury, obviously, and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, you I better think, be on speed dial, huh? I, I don't think he's on speed dial. I think he's out of the picture because I think your theory that you mean you were texting back and forth, I think it's right. I think... I think the Saints were being very polite to him, and he failed the physical. They didn't know, oh, his agent called right as he was in the middle of it and told him to stop and go to Indianapolis. Something's happened because the Saints really wanted a running back, and the Colts really need one because Jonathan Taylor is like on a on a, on a, a hold-in or whatever it is. So those are two teams that were pretty, I wouldn't say desperate for a running back, but they're probably going to give him as good a deal as he's yeah, going to get. And neither team. If that story was 100% true, Kareem Hunt would have signed with the Colts. So the fact right. that he signed with neither, it's like, how'd that physical yeah. do? Something went well with the physical. But but I yeah. think it's time the Saints may go down the list and be like, okay, Kareem Hunt, he was the one we were really hoping would be healthy. But now he's not. we got to get a body in here. Who's well, you know, I will say further down the list. Merriweather showed some things. He had a couple really nice runs called back. Uh, due to penalties, uh, he had some nice catches, uh, including yeah. the touchdown. So, um, you know, Ellis Merriweather, I mean, if, if, if you're Ellis Merriweather, you're kind of like loving how this is playing out. Because, right. you know, Benjamin tore his ACL and Romero got suspended. And now Kendry Miller has kind of got a bum foot. And uh, hey, by the way, what's Mark Ingram up to? <laughs> He's getting ready for college football on Fox. I'm, I'm just asking. <laughs> I'm just asking. <laughs> How you feeling? Dennis Allen's texting Mark Ingram. You up, boo? How you feeling? <laughs> feeling good? How's the weight? Um, but no, I like Merriweather, if he could have a couple good weeks of joint practice, I mean, there's a, there's a I would say better than 50-50 shot. If he look, keeps looking pretty good, the Saints will be like, eh, we can roll. We, we can deal with this for three weeks instead of paying um, somebody that hasn't been around $500,000 bonus or whatever. I, it listen, Mr. Merriweather, as Andrew said, you will never have a better shot to make an NFL team than you do right now, buddy. So go, go, like, go and grab it. Like he could have a good, he could have a really good game, really good practices, and get there. Well, so. all, all I have to say is Jamal Williams, uh, bubble wrap him. He's he's not allowed right. to practice anymore. He's not allowed. No. He's not allowed. Charger. He, he needs to wear the red jersey. I understand he he's to. not a quarterback. But he needs to go to these Texans and, and Chargers practices wearing the red jersey. On the sideline. And uh, no one can touch him. No one can, no one can even breathe. He can't even look at him. All you can do, Jamal Williams, he just sits on the sideline in an easy chair, drawing anime until his heart's content. And the only thing you're allowed to do is talk to him about anime. You're not allowed to even talk about football because that might mean an injury. And forget about running actual plays. No, nada. 
He's in bubble bubble wrap until the week of September 10th, or so it would be like the, the September 2nd. So, guys, thanks for joining us on the show. This is free to everybody. Sign up. Become a patron. We're having a blast. We are going to have an amazing football season. We got a lot of stuff, fun stuff in store, but we can't do it without support from patrons. And I guarantee you, if you love the show and you don't become a patron, we got something really special planned during the year. You're going to be like, I should have signed up and become a patron. I promise you. So if you're on the fence, go to SaintsHappyHour.com. Kyle Phillips, Saints MVP, Saints legend. It will never get any bigger than that play he made. That's right. You're 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 a preseason Hall of Famer, my man. So yep. for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you again next time.